30 years ago, I realized I wasn't living out my dreams. Life was just happening to me, and I was watching it go by. I was living randomly. Goal Camp endeavors to help you align with your goals and dreams. Live with intent and set a path for your footsteps to move along so that you have a higher probability of success in achieving your personal goals and adding value to others. It's time to get excited about the life you're living. It's time to stop living randomly. I'm Derek Lott, your camp director, and this is Goal Camp. Campers, last week in episode 10, we discussed the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And as promised in this broadcast of Goal Camp, I want to talk about a few other assessments to give you further insight into your behaviors and the influencers that drive you to those behaviors. Some of it is learned behavior, and a large part of it is our wiring. How we are wired is a challenge in that we can work to mitigate behaviors that stem from this wiring, but we don't eliminate the source because we're wired. It's kind of hard-coded, but we can learn to monitor and minimize those behaviors if we understand them. In some cases, we can redirect the outcomes of the behavior. For example, if you know you are competitive or compulsive, you can focus those behaviors around those triggers that will merit preferred outcomes. So let's think about a kid that might have a compulsive and competitive behavior. If we focus that energy or that competitiveness on our environment, maybe cleaning up the neighborhood or maybe planting trees and he wants to plant more trees than than other kids, that behavior now becomes a strength. When we understand our behaviors, we can focus them and reflect them in different areas where they add tremendous value. I know this is true because I am that individual, highly competitive and downright compulsive. And I've learned to redirect and focus those behaviors that can be bad and can be destructive and focus them on things that will be positive. In my mid-20s, I did my fair share of smoking and drinking habitually. I've quit those things for over 20-plus years. I redirect those compulsive, competitive behaviors to my professional and personal development, and more so helping and serving others. The assessments helped me unpack my behaviors. So it was important to follow the last episode if you haven't listened to it. Go to episode 10 now if you can. It's a great foundation for what we're talking about today. Another assessment that I would speak on is the DISC assessment. And its name is an acronym based on four letters. D for dominance, I for influence, S for steadiness, and C for conscientiousness. DISC was created based on the work of Dr. William Marston, a psychologist who wrote the book Emotions of Normal People in 1928. The difference between the DISC assessment and the MBTI is that MBTI is a fixed outcome and the DISC assessment allows for different behavioral traits to be dominant based on the situation posed. 
Many companies use the DISC assessment because of how it reflects behaviors across different situations and helps teams to understand the impact of the environment. Modern-day seekers of personality persuasions have found the Enneagram assessment, the name is translated from Greek meaning nine-point. The Enneagram is reflected as a circle with nine points, which depicts nine personality styles. The history is speculated to be based on roots in mystical mathematics. In the early 1900s, numerous authors evangelized the Enneagram as a way to understand human psyche for personal growth, business, and spiritual understanding. Enneagram is not a profile, which is the major differentiator from the MBTI or DISC assessment. It represents the way people think, feel, and act in relation to the world, others, and themselves. It is notable for its deeper insight into core motivations, defense mechanisms, and fears that often lie in the unconscious layers of our personality structure. The nine styles are strict perfectionist, considerate helper, competitive achiever, that's me, Intense, creative, quiet specialist, loyal skeptic, enthusiastic visionary, active controller, and adaptive peacemaker. Each one of these styles has strengths and blind spots. Each style has a style they are highly compatible with and others to a lesser degree. My Enneagram style, as I mentioned, is competitive achiever, and I can't deny it. My style is so obvious. It's why I don't play board games with my family. I will compete on anything. I may try to hide it, but it doesn't last. If I am losing, I am noticeably bothered, and should I have the good fortune of winning, then I am ecstatic and gloating. No fan to be around, quite frankly. And when it comes to achievement, I have my list and I'm checking it twice. I stole that from Santa. Getting things done is essential for me. I have to, to land the plane, metaphorically speaking. This can have its obvious drawbacks. I don't easily quit things. Sometimes the situation merits cutting losses and reassessing. This is a blind spot. And I allow the mentors and accountability partners in my life to help me when these things occur. I want to talk about another assessment I think you can find tremendous benefit from. The Strength Finders Assessment from Gallup and Tom Ruth. It's based on Don Clifton's work as the father of strengths psychology. An inventory of the Clifton strengths. Many of us are not clear on our strengths, and therefore we are unable to fully utilize them in our daily lives. The Strength Finders Assessment helps identify strengths and weaknesses. However, the key is to focus on making your strengths stronger and mitigating or lessening the impact of the weaknesses. So often we try to fix our weaknesses when it is actually part of our wiring and trying to eliminate it doesn't get us very far and creates a lot of frustration. We waste time and energy and even money trying to exercise our weaknesses as if they're demons. In doing so, we miss the opportunity to make our strengths even stronger. Clifton's research reveals that people who focus on their strengths are happier and more effective in their pursuits. 
I'd like to bend your ear on one more assessment. This assessment focuses on leadership styles. Paul Hershey and Ken Blanchard developed the situational leadership theory in the early 1970s. The basics are two primary behaviors that leaders exemplify, supporting and directing. Their findings revealed that most effective leaders adapted to the readiness level of the team they lead. The assessment identifies four areas of leadership. S1, directing, S2, coaching, S3, supporting, and S4, delegating. The result shows you where you tend to lead from naturally and also how you can recognize when the team may need a different style from your leadership. I was really good about coaching and supporting and delegating, but not so much on directing. Sometimes you have to lead firmly and boldly to get your team moving in the right direction. There are other assessments that can give you insight into your behaviors, and I'm not suggesting that you take them all. There is, however, no excuse not to take an assessment and receive the results so you can start to understand why you think the way you do, why you behave the way you do, and what the good or bad in all of it means. When I completed my assessments, I realized I had a mirror so when I'm not sure what's going on, I can reflect on my personality style and reaffirm that I am okay and remember to watch out for that behavior in the future because they are outcomes of how we're wired. So we can break the unconscious habits that are a result of our hardwiring. We can have the coding, but we can mitigate the outcomes by knowing and recognizing. Very quickly, let me mention to you several others that you might consider. There's the Berkman. There's the Hexaco model of personal structure. There are values and motives inventory and the Hogan personality inventory. I will point out that some assessments cost money to participate or take the assessment and get the results back. Don't let that be a deterrent. If you check with your company, they may offer assessments for their associates. It is also a good idea to search for free versions or abbreviated versions of the assessment so you can try them out. Take the assessments as a family or if you manage a team, have the team take the assessment. Make it a team project. Everyone will learn about the people they sit next to and they work side by side with. This will help them to be able to understand why another individual feels or behaves the way they do. It may not be the right behavior, but with the understanding, you can work together to achieve your goals and dreams. And isn't that what it's all about? I'd love to hear about your experiences with assessments. Which ones did you take? And what did you find interesting? Were there some nuggets that you took away from the experience? Hit me up on IG, Facebook, or LinkedIn. The more you understand you, the better equipped you'll be to achieve your goals and dreams. Thanks for listening to Goal Camp. All the resources from this episode can be found on my website at DerekSeelot.com forward slash Goal Camp. As always, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Derek C. Lott. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share with a friend. Achieving your goals is not something that you can do alone. Find a partner that can keep you accountable. 
Looking forward to the next episode. Until next time, this is your camp director, Derek C. Lott, signing off.